Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. Delighted to say I'm joined by the legend Beth from the United Stand. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on. Awesome. So, like always, get a real good insight about the team that we're playing, Manchester United, and your thoughts on Villa this season. So, how has United's season been so far? I mean, I think from an outside looking in, you can see it's been a, a pretty poor season for us. It's been really poor. It's been so inconsistent, but also at the same time, to contradict myself, like consistently poor. So it's been bad for us. I think in terms of what we did last season compared to this season, we've we've, we've gone backwards. Last season, we thought we were starting to build something under Ericsson Hag. This season, it just we've not been able to string a run of results together and our style of play just hasn't been there at all. There's not a positive in terms of results but there's also not a positive in terms of where we can see the project going in the style of play the one little silver lining is that the last few games Ten Hag has had his strongest team on paper available to pick from he's been making the excuse of injuries all season and we've actually played some good football and you can now see maybe a direction that he wants to take this team and the project he wants he wants to build with this set of players but Martinez, who's so important to that, has just has just got injured and will be out for two months. So we'll have to wait and see. I think Ten Hag is over reliant on 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 a few players, and we've been missing them for injury. So it'll be interesting to see if we can build off that into the rest of the season. Yeah. So you know he has been there quite a while now. So what what would you say he's trying to do? Because as a Villa fan, when I, when I watch Manchester United, I sometimes struggle to see what type yeah. of team you are. Like what. Are you possession-based? Do you want to be counter-attacking? So, you know, as a United fan, what is the style meant to be? The fans of Man United also feel like we, we don't know really what style and what direction Ten Hag wants to go in. I would say, based on what, what he seems to play when he has his strongest team available, I do think he wants to dominate possession, but he also wants to be focused on on winning back transitions and, and being a threat in the transition. We have improved massively when it comes to pressing the opposition off the ball. And it, it, it's, it, it, it's interesting because I assume we'll go to Villa Park and play counter-attacking football because, you know, you play a high line. And, and that's a lot of our forwards, you know, bread and butter. We love to play counter-attack. But then there'll be games like the West Ham game where we really do take the game to West Ham and we try and pay, play that possession-based football. I think a lot of it does come down to massively who the team we're playing against. Is it going to be a low block? Is it going to be somebody that comes at us? And it differs on that. But in terms of a style of play, it's hard to say it. But over the last couple of games, we have tried to keep the possession. The full-backs are really crucial into coming into the midfield, underlapping, overlapping and, and helping kind of create them overloads. But it is... It is tough to see what direction we're going in it. He does want to play high t- high turnover, high press football. We saw that earlier on in the season. We got absolutely demolished. We sort of started to see it creeping again. It's just whether he can he can make it work in the Premier League. I think the the one thing that that is helping him now is before when he was trying that he was doing it with a midfield of McTominay, Eriksson, and Bruno. It's just it's just not good enough. Like there's just not enough stability in there. Now he's got a base of a midfield of Casemiro and Kobe Mainu, which are two defensively aware players. Ten Hag's only played with one defensively aware midfielder for most of the season. We've got killed in the midfield. He's starting to look a little bit better. Now we've actually got two players in there that are defensively aware. So it's, it's about the balance, really. 
Yeah, it's starting to look better. But off the pitch, you've had Sancho, Rashford in the <laughs> press recently. Maguire it's like a soap still... opera, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what's gone on there? Like, what what happened with Sancho? Oh, Sancho is it? Sancho with, with Jaden Sancho. The bottom line of it is that what we've like heard and what we've been told is that he'd been late to training quite a few times. His training standards weren't to the level that Ten Hag wanted them to be. There'd been a lot said behind the scenes before it all came to a head in the media. And realistically, I don't think Ten Hag called him out in the media. He got asked against Arsenal, why wasn't Jadon Sancho in the squad? And he said, because at Man United, you have to be training at the highest level every week and he didn't meet the training standards this week. And what was he going to do? Lie and say he was ill? It's, 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 it's a tough one. So... He said that Sancho immediately, which I think was a massive mistake, came out like 20 minutes later with this statement on Twitter, which just didn't go down well because he basically accused Ten Hag of being a liar and of him being used as a scapegoat, which isn't going to go down well. Ten Hag interpreted that as Sancho was calling him out publicly, therefore he wanted a public apology. Sancho said, nope, wasn't going to happen. So... What happened was is Jane Sancho then wasn't allowed in the first team building and he trained in the academy building for a, a few months, um, I think a couple of months until he got his move to Dortmund. But Ten Hag and Sancho are not, are not on good terms. Before before he even said anything about Sancho in the in the media, he's, apparently he showed Sancho like why he wasn't hitting the training training kind of standards he wanted and showed him videos and Sancho just disagreed with him. So that that is just I think it's a player and a manager just not seeing eye to eye and and both of them not wanting to back down to be honest. But I think is is a tough one because if you're Sancho and you see an Anthony play every week, you're like, hang on a second, why can't I get a kick? Because Anthony's terrible and I'm and I'm better than him. And I think in terms of just gen talent as players, Sancho is better. But then Ten Hag's so kind of set on attitude, you know, punctuation and, and, and what you're doing to make yourself to be the best professional. So I think it's just kind of a clash of heads there. But I, I, I do back Ten Hag in what he did with that. Yeah, yeah. So ambitions then for the rest of the season. I mean, as a kid for me growing up, like all my mates were Man United fans and in the Fergie era, you were, you know, so, so good. But to be languishing in sixth place you know, isn't the United standard, is it? So so what are your thoughts for the rest of the season? This is a big game anyway, um, because if Villa win, we go 11 points clear of you. If you win, you go five and you're kind of getting back to top four. So what would you say your ambition is for the rest of the season? It's crazy, isn't it? Like that you could be 11 points ahead of us come Sunday. And that's a, that's a highlight ability, to be honest with you, especially with the game being at Villa Park. But I mean, it's tough. I think before Christmas, it generally felt like there was no hope. As a Man United fan, every game was just, even when we won him, it was poor football. Like it really was. And it, it was it was frustrating. My hope with Man United just started to drop and drop and drop. I've been saying the last few weeks, I don't think there's a chance we can get top four. I just think Villa are better than us. I think Spurs are better than us. And I think, obviously, Arsenal, Liverpool and City are practically nailed on. So I just think it's really tough. I think it's even tough for us to get above sixth spot, if, if, to be honest. The only thing that gives me like a little bit more hope is, I don't know if you've seen them, our last run of games, we've actually looked a lot better. Mm -hmm. And if we can keep that team fit, maybe we can kick on and get some results and, and work our way back up there. I mean, the FA Cup's huge for us. It's the only competition that we're left in and I want to get far in it. It's going to be tough with the with the 
teams that are left in there. But I think when our best team plays its best football, we're capable of, of, of getting far in that competition. I mean, I'd love to get to Wembley. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But, you know, going as far as we can in that competition, the aim should be to win it. But whether we get that far, who knows? And then in terms of the league... I just don't. I don't see us being able to crack down on top four. I just don't. I think you and I, Emery's got you guys playing great football, and I think there's a confidence and belief that you, you're going to do it. And then you've got Spurs as well, who a lot of people say you know Spurs bottle it towards the end of the season. It's like it's very Spurs fashion, but and Foster Cogley seems to come in and 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 has kind of given Spurs a new direction. I just don't see it happening um, at the moment, but. All we can do is try and catch up on the teams that are ahead of us and, and win every, every game as it comes. And the, the the big question is, is Lissandro Martinez is now out for eight weeks. The two, the sorry, the three are three games we've had him back. We've won our, all of our games and we've looked a lot better. He's so important. I always say this. It's like you know Liverpool losing Van Dijk or you know Arsenal losing Saliba. It's it's huge for us. Lissandro Martinez. No one can do what he does in our in our defence. So it's whether we're going to drop off because of that, but. You shouldn't rest on one player. We've got Luke Shaw, Casemiro have come back. He should maybe be making a difference. So, time will tell against Villa at the weekend if we can keep it up against a team that's actually, you know, of a very good standard. I mean, West Ham are decent, but we're away from home against a team that's fighting for top four. So, it's going to be tough. Yeah. New ownership then. How are you feeling about that? You must be buzzing about what, what that can bring, you know, moving forward. I am buzzing about it, to be honest with you. I, I think every single Man United fan wanted a full takeover from the Glazers, but we have got this 25% in Sir Jim. But I think the key indicator for Manchester United fans is that he's going to have football in control, which is huge for us because what we care about is the football and, and, and winning games. And we've been going so wrong for so many years. That's why, like you said, when you were younger, you know, Man United were the team to be, and now we're just in such a poor position compared to what our standards should be. And that needs to change. And I think ownership is a massive reason why we're in that in that position. And the football inside of things, I think the main thing where we've gone wrong over the years is, I mean, there's so many, so many things you could name, honestly. Every department, we've done it wrong. But the big one is recruitment. We've mm. overpaid for poor players, give players massive contracts on massive wages and not been able to shift them. We're now starting to struggle in terms of financial fair play off the back of it. I mean, we've got the biggest profit in the world, but financial fair play is starting to kick in. And, and this is this is where it comes now, where all your past mistakes are starting to impact us now. And recruitment has just been, it's been absolutely terrible. And we've had so many bad transfers after bad transfers. That needs to be sorted out. Also, just the manager to have some support regarding a sporting director, a proper CEO who knows what he's doing. We've just brought in Omar Barada from the City Group, who was head of football operations there, which was huge for us. And we're looking to actually appoint a sporting director. I mean, Pep and Klopp are so reliant on a sporting director, and we don't even have one that's functional. So there's so many things that, that need to that need to change. And it's actually just come out before we've done this video that Sir Jim's looking to build a 90,000 capacity stadium in, in Manchester. I don't know whether that's Old Trafford being transformed or a new one. So it'll be interesting. I just hope that change starts. And, it's, and I know it's going to be a slow burner. I know Rome wasn't built in a day, but as Man United fans, we're really eager to see to see what the first moves are going to be. Yeah, it sounds exciting. So let's turn our attention then to Sunday. A game and a fixture that Villa fans have Sort of had a lot of trauma in. I mean, we can go back to December and that was traumatic in itself. Uh, but Unai Emery's first game last season was against United and we haven't beat it for over 20 years. And he managed to set that one straight. So that was good. But 
Um, how are you feeling going into it then at Villa Park? Like I said earlier, it, it is a big game. It's a, it's a big game for both teams. And I think it's kind of season-defining, really. I mean, if Villa were to win it, then, like I said, we put that big gap between you guys. Um, so what do you expect from that game? It's tough. I honestly don't know what to go and expect. If you would have asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said I expect us to get beat. Like definitely get beat. But now we've had a few good results and we've we've been playing some good football. I'm going into it with a lot more optimism than when I was. To be fair, when Unai Emery came in and first beat us, we we had just come off the back of a European game and we are we didn't have Bruno. There was there was a few things that kind of um put us um what, how how would I describe it? Like negatively impacted us on that mm -hmm. game. But you still beat us fair and square. So fair enough. And then obviously at Old Trafford, I think we deserve to win. Oh yeah, but definitely. It was, yeah, but it was it was a close call. Like we let in two shocking goals, and then we we deserved to win the game. But again, Villa this season, predominantly, even though you've just had a huge win at Sheffield United, usually are. I mean, Villa Park's like a fortress, and then away from home, that's where you kind of have had some little slip up. So at Old Trafford, I did expect us to give you a game, and especially with that high line you played, coming away the win was a good result for us. But going in at Villa Park, it's a different kettle of fish. Like like you said, the atmosphere is going to be great. It's a season-defining game. It's a six-pointer. It's a double header. Both teams realistically need to go in there with the mindset that they have to win this game. I think. Man United have to win it more than what Villa do. In, in the sense of, I think Villa are obviously in a really good position already. You want to obviously make the gap bigger, but you're you're in a good position. If Man United lose, like I don't think there's genuinely a chance. Like we've still got a little bit of a chance if we if we well, we've still we've got a quite a big chance if we win this game. It's, it's just, like you said, it's a proper six point a double header. But I'm going to be honest. I know I'm coming on a Villa channel and it might. It might completely backfire <laughs> on me. I actually fancy us, you know, on Sunday. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, I feel like the don't ask me why because I've been so negative <laughs> recently. But I think the vibes just feeling a lot better around Manchester United. We've got most of our key players back. Not having Martin as well, of course, be a miss. But I think we'll go into this confident. You know, Hoyland's now firing. Garnacho's doing really well. Kobe Mane has been a revelation. There seems to be a bit of a buzz around us that we've that we had missing all season. So we'll see. We do have a nana in that, so you've got every chance as, <laughs> as possible. To be and fair though, you've got us to batter us, but we'll see. You've got us to thank about Hoyland as well, because whenever a player has never scored a goal, when they play Villa, they always they always score. So he got that. He scored his first goal against Villa on Boxing Day, so I think you can thank us for him starting to fire. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close game. I think you're right in what you were saying about Villa. I think if you offered me a draw, I think a draw would probably be. I'd probably take a draw. I think that would yeah. be a good result because it doesn't really change the picture too much. Um, but you know, you are in form. You are playing a lot better. You look sort of like it's all clicked now, and it's. It's firing a little bit. You've got Mainu sort of, you know, scored against Wolves. And, you know, when those little moments and you get on a bit of momentum and, you know, what I would say about your season is, you know, you might have been inconsistent, but now is the right time to hit form towards the back end of the season. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be close. But uh, the, only, the only thing is, is our away record, especially against the top half of the table, is absolutely terrible. Away from home against the top half of the table, we are terrible. The only thing that gives me again a bit of hope is I think Wolves are actually doing really well this season. I mean, they've just beat Chelsea, Chelsea 4 2, and they're having a good season to Gary O'Neill. And we actually 
put in a good away performance against them. The four three didn't reflect what the what what the game was, but that's the only thing that gives me a bit of hope. But and and plus your high line that you play, it really does mm. complement our our forward players in Hoyland, Garnacho, and, and Rashford. So it'll be an interesting one. I really do rate you, Naya Marie, as a manager, and I, I must say you're having a fantastic season. Thanks, Beth. Cheers. Right, yeah. so that's the end of the episode then. Beth thinks that United are going to win, so... Uh, Only just. We'll cut... <laughs> It'll be a close one. What do you think? Cool. Um, oh, it's a tough game. It's a tough game. Um, basically, we've got Chelsea in the FA Cup midweek, so we've got that to overcome first. And we lost to Newcastle, didn't we, at home last week, so... We kind of need a bit of a reaction back at home, and I can't imagine us playing that bad at home again in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, reaction. If I had to pick a scoreline, I'd probably go 2 2. I think there'll be goals. Um, Martinez out for you guys is a blow. So, yeah, got to semi back us 2 2. It's going to be a good game, I'm sure of that. So, hopefully, we'll see a high scoring one, but. We'll come out on top, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, see you later, Beth. Right, thank you, you for coming on, Beth. Um, it's great having you on. Cheers. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me.